0: missed fall enrollment it's your time to shine at william peace university wpu
1: is enrolling for the spring semester at our co-ed university in the heart of raleigh we offer more than 30 majors including esports and gaming administration simulation and game design and interactive design our classes are taught by full professors and our small
0: class size means you get one-on-one instruction and immersive learning. Plus, we connect students with
1: internships. William Peace University, your time to shine. Get started today at peace.edu.
0: And it's with a sharp angle, but Anderson holds the post there. Now it's fished out front of the net by Tierney. And he puts it right on Anderson with a big save. And the Canes were clear it away from Sokolov. Good chances from Ottawa here late in the first period. A step on trying to center it for Lawrence. That's interrupted. Carolina keeping it in at the point. Shea has it. He'll risk one. That's deflected and he'll score. Carolina all smiles after that. Shea puts it on net the Canes in front of Matt Murray get one past the Ottawa Netminder it's one nothing Carolina. Lear. Lean to it gets it to Sveshnikov. His pass deflected away out in front. Sokolov robbed by Anderson. Remember but Anderson keeps it out. How did he keep this out with his right toe? Carolina pushing the puck forward. It's Vincent Trocek. Tight turn, gets it to the point. Slavin shot right on, Murray can't find it. The push of the score! Jesper Faust and Nino Niederreiter getting front, jamming a loose puck home and the Canes have tied it in two. Here comes Andre Svechnikov. With a chance to put the Canes on the lead here in the shootout, Svechnikoff. And on. Murray scores! to the blocker's side. Svechnikov with the magic. Now it is the captain for the Senators, Brady Kachuk with speed in on Anderson. Anderson closes the door, and the extra point will go to the Carolina Hurricanes as Frederick Anderson stops all three Senators in the shootout. Anderson with a magnificent game. The Canes with their 29th win of the season showing some backbone and come up with a big win in the shootout.
2: This is the Cane's Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Cane's Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host,
1: Adam Gold. Welcome to the Cane's Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. I'm not sure I saw a coming tonight. Not after the way the second and most of the third period was going, but Nino Niederreiter to the rescue, Freddie Anderson to the rescue, Carolina wins it in the shootout, Andrei Svechnikov doesn't have his point streak extend, but he gets a shootout goal, and that'll work. Doesn't count for a point, but it counts for a win, and that's what we're about. Carolina Hurricanes picking up a win, and the Canes are now back on top of the Metropolitan Division, 60 points, 29-9-2, and 2, 40 games into the season, best points percentage in the Eastern Conference. They overtake the Florida Panthers in that regard, so good for Carolina uh, in their first shootout of the year. All right, we'll, uh, we're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina, if it's, if it's for the exterior of your home. You can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. If you need siding, that's the place to go. You need roofing, Aluminum Company has it. If you need windows, tons of different windows. Entry doors, great. Storm doors, important, especially now. They've got it all. Aluminumcompany.com, Sammy Hanna and his crew do a great job. So, uh, Hurricanes scored the first goal, scored the last goal, and scored the only goal in a shootout. I don't think Carolina was bad tonight. I think this was an entertaining game. I think Ottawa is pretty speedy and pretty tenacious, and I don't think Carolina was really on top of their game for much of this. I thought Carolina was better in the first period than they were in the other two, uh, but Ottawa kind of tilted the ice at them, and I think Carolina had a little bit of uh, had some puck management issues, I think, as uh, as has been the case off and on for a while, but I think they uh basically recovered to play pretty good defense. Freddie was excellent. Uh and you, you heard some, I think, some pretty big saves, uh, including the one on Solikov in the third period. After remember, what was it about uh five fifty in to the third period when Alex Formanton, who a third of his goals are going to come against the Hurricanes for his career. He had two in the 3-2 win in Raleigh. Uh, he had one here. He had the goal, I think it was off the skater that might have hit a stick, uh, in the uh, third period to make it 2-1. Carolina just couldn't quite finish plays tonight. Uh, they they you know would come into the zone with some speed and just couldn't quite get the next pass to create the scoring opportunity. They had some shots blocked. I uh, really thought, felt this game felt like it was just gonna similar to the one in Raleigh. Just wasn't gonna be enough. Carolina was down two nothing in that game before they scored twice in the third period to bring it even. And then, like twenty seconds after they went up to uh, tied it at two, it was uh, I think it was Josh Norris who uh, left this game injured. Tough couple of games for Ottawa, losing uh, Drake Batherton in the Aaron Dell situation, which was a dirty play. I don't care uh, if uh, Dell didn't intend. Nobody intends to hurt anybody in the NHL. Uh, But it was clear that Aaron Dell didn't care, and that's dirty. Uh, So they lose Batherton for about two months with a high ankle sprain. That's a bad injury. Uh, He was going to go to the All-Star game, too. Uh, And then you lose your top goal scorer. It was an innocent play with Andrei Svechnikov. They just got tangled up. And uh, Norris takes a spell, I think was behind the goal. And there you go. You lose your, uh, your, your, your all-star and your top goal scorer off the ice on a team that is not deep in terms of scoring, but they have a bunch of good players. Uh, and you saw, I mean, obviously, Brady Kachuk is an outstanding player, but uh, you see the future with Tim Stutzle. St- uh, sorry, Stutzle. Uh, so they've got good players. Uh, Not to mention, uh, you know, uh, you've got Shabbat on the back end who is, you know, one of the best young defensemen in the league. So they've got some good players and Matt Murray's playing really well and I thought he played very well tonight. But uh, the Hurricanes managed to force one through with Nino Niederreiter somehow in overtime, got it to a shootout. Uh, Carolina was not great in overtime. There were puck management issues. Uh, Svechnikov was throwing the puck everywhere. Natchez was giving the puck away. Uh, There was just, it was not great overtime play. But I think the overtime was indicative of Carolina's play uh, throughout the course of the game. Uh, They killed the last, what, 48 seconds, 49.8 seconds of four-on-three power play uh, to get it Uh, Into the shootout, Uh, and then after uh, the teams traded blanks, uh, Freddie Anderson stopped, uh, I think it was Stutzla on the the second inning or end. Do we we want to call them ends because it's uh, hockey and it's sort of Canadian and they like curling? Uh, We can call them ends, so in the second end, it was Anderson better than Stutzla. And then Andre Svechnikov went, and it was one nothing Carolina. And then Brady Kachuk uh, tried a little uh, forehand, backhand move uh, to the uh, blocker's side low, but Freddie got over to the post and denied the chance, and that was that. And the Hurricanes end up winning in a shootout, their first shootout win of the season. Quick scoreboard look. We don't usually do this first, but we're going to do it first. Uh, let's see. Tampa Bay beat the Devils 3-2. Florida beat Vegas 4-1. Seattle, yes! In overtime, they beat Pittsburgh. So the Penguins only got one point at home against the, the Kraken. Uh, and Columbus was a winner over the New York Rangers tonight. I'm telling you, man, I know people think you should always beat the lesser teams. We're going to talk about that briefly with, uh... With Dave Pagnotta. But this is what I keep talking about with Rod Brindamore, and I try to say it as much as possible. Those guys are pros, man. They're professional hockey players. Uh, They deserve to be in the league, and the only time I have seen a team that did not dress, a team that could win a game, could not win a game, was when Montreal came to Carolina with two-thirds of a minor league team. They had like four NHL players in the lineup. That in terms of their forwards they had nobody and their in you know injuries killing montreal in the back end too so that was the only time i had seen a team that it didn't make a difference what they did the hurricanes were bad in that game and they won 4 nothing that's how that that's the lineup that montreal put on the ice so uh carolina Pittsburgh and the Rangers each have 60 points, but Carolina's got three games in hand on the Penguins, four in hand on the Rangers. Washington's got 55 points, so they're five points back. Cain's got four, po- four games in hand on the Capitals as well. Uh, over in the Atlantic, Florida's got 65 points to lead the East, uh, but Carolina's got four games in hand on them. Tampa's got 63 points. Also, they have played four more games than Carolina. Toronto has played one fewer, but... They are. Uh, they have 55 points on the season, so the Canes have a five-point cushion on the Maple Leafs, a the team they'll play after the uh, All-Star break. And Boston uh, has played the same number of games as Carolina. That's 40, and the Bruins have 51 points. The Hurricanes are 20 games over NHL 500. 20 games over NHL 500 and on pace for like 125 points. Do I think they'll get to 125 points? No. Hurricanes have not hit a bad stretch yet. They've played poorly at times and even for stretches of games, but they seem to be getting points out of those games, which throw your hands up. I mean, who knows? Uh, But the Hurricanes uh, maybe got two points in a fortunate way tonight. Uh, because it really did not look good. So let's go through the goals real quick and then we're going to take a break. What I what I wanted to do um, going into this was spend a little time on the game and then Dave Panyota from the fourth period. If you are a hockey fan and you are thinking about what could the Hurricanes add at the deadline, I think we're talking about a defenseman. I don't really think the Hurricanes are talking about a forward, but maybe, maybe. I don't think so, but maybe you never know. Injury would would dictate that, uh, but there's a lot of guy. It'd be hard to take some guys out of the lineup, wouldn't it? So let's just let's just kind of work from the idea that it's going to be somebody on the back end because that's what I think Carolina needs more than anything. And we'll talk to Dave Panjota from the fourth period more about what the trade deadline might look. We're you know we're still you know uh, a long ways away from that because we've got. Uh, another few days here before the All-Star break. Then you got all of February, and I think it's uh, you know kind of into March because we're playing all the way through April in the regular season. All right, so uh, Dave Panyota in about oh, five or so minutes. Nothing was happening in the first period except Freddie Anderson was getting off to a good start. And with a sharp angle,
0: but Anderson holds the post there. Now it's fished out front of that, but Tyrionis puts it right on Anderson with a big save. And the Canes were cleared away from Sokolov. Good chances from
1: Ottawa here late in the first period. James Sokolov, he's that TV attorney. The injury attorney of James Sokolov. Anyway, remember that name, because that name is going to come up a little bit later on. So uh, Carolina better in the first period, but get nothing out of it. But at least they weren't losing. That's cool. Um, it, was, it was a low I wouldn't say a low danger. Carolina still had some pretty good scoring chances. Uh, but for the most part, it was kind of a quiet first period. But I thought it was Carolina's best period in the game. Second period, not so much. Uh, but the Hurricanes did score the first goal. A step
0: on trying to center for Lawrence. That's interrupted. Carolina keeping it in at the point. Shea has it. He'll risk one. That's deflected and he'll score! Carolina all smiles after that. Shea! Puts it on net. The Canes in front of Matt Murray get one past the Ottawa netminder. It's one nothing Carolina.
1: Yes, Barry, Coconey, and Amy actually turned the puck over in the off in the defensive zone, and it led to a, um, a Thomas Shabbat scoring chance that Freddie Anderson uh, managed to turn aside. Uh, then goes the other way. Good pressure in the offensive zone. So you make you make the mistake. Your goalie bails you out. You go to the other end, and then. Kotkaniemi, who actually made the mistake in the defensive zone, made a great play, a defensive play in the offensive zone, kind of deflected a clearing pass. It goes right to Brady Shea, who puts the shot on net. Derek Stepan there for the deflection. He deflects it down and to the right. Again, I'll make the same joke I made last time. I don't want to Zapruder film this. Uh, it was down and to the right, and then it goes past Murray. one uh, nothing, Carolina. Two minutes later, Nick Paul evens uh, the game at one with a point shot uh, that deflected off Tony D'Angelo's leg, and the shot didn't have a ton on it. And D'Angelo, like, actually went to, it looked like, kick it. Like, he lifted his leg up to kind of kick it out of the way, and he didn't kick it out of the way. He got got a halfway decent piece of it, and then it just kind of fluttered past Anderson and you almost wish that because the the puck was not threatening you almost wish that Tony would have just let it go all the way to the net and then Freddie has no problem handling it uh, but um, I guess a mistake there by D'Angelo uh, and it's 1-1 so now we go uh, to the third period and uh, the senators at 550 of the third uh, take a lead I've, look, Ottawa, to me, was better all period, all third period long. Uh, but it's uh, a shot from, I think, Victor Mitt, uh, many and uh, Alex Formanton Skate, stick, whatever, deflected over Anderson. It's 2-1. And to me, Ottawa's continuing to pour on the pressure, and they're creating opportunities, and they're keeping the puck in the offensive zone, and Carolina's struggling to control it and get the puck out. Uh, and they needed Freddie Anderson to come up big right here. Now Bear, lean to it, gets it to Sveshnikov. His pass deflected away out in front. Sokolov robbed by Anderson.
0: Remember that save. Now a second opportunity by Brown. That's going to go
1: wide. I told you, remember the law firm of James Sokolov. Sokolov was was uh, had two great chances tonight. Uh, Freddie came up huge on that. It really was, I think, Anderson's best, most critical save of the night because it gave Carolina a chance, even though Ottawa had plenty more scoring chances from that point on. Uh, but Nino Niederreiter, uh, with a little bit less than three and a half minutes to go in the game, uh, did what he has been doing a lot lately, and that's scoring big goals. Carolina pushing the puck forward. It's Vincent Trocheck. Tight turn. Gets
0: it to the point. Slavin shot right on. Murray can't find it. The push of the score! Yes, Bert Fost and Nino Niederreiter. Get in front. Jamming a loose puck home, and the Canes have tied
1: it at two. Yeah, Look, this is uh Trocek getting to the puck deep in the offensive zone. Uh it almost looked like the pass was, well, the pass was too far for him. Uh, but he he chased it down, circled back, gets it to Slaven at the point, uh, and his shot is on target. Uh, but Murray can't secure it, and it's just kind of it's it's laying behind Murray. Nino Niederreiter, Jesper Foss, both both there. Nino wins the battle, uh, shovels it in two two. His thirteenth goal of the season, second goal in as many nights, uh, but an enormous goal. Because Carolina, it looked like they were not going to be able to get the equalizer. You're thinking about when does Rod Brindamore pull Anderson for the extra attacker? Because it would be really, not criminal, you weren't the better team. uh, But it would be really tough to swallow, to fly to Ottawa, uh, to play a team that was 13, 20, and 3, I believe, on the season and not be able to grab at least a point out of this game. Uh, So that got him into overtime. Although, I think there were some moments... Uh, at the end of regulation where you where you wondered, is, is Ottawa going to steal this back? Uh, like they did in the game in Raleigh, right after Carolina made it 2-2, Ottawa scored 20 seconds later to make it 3-2. Carolina could never get back uh, even. So we go to overtime, and it was really one of the truly sloppy overtime periods. Uh, and this nearly was the difference. And that'll hit Murray. And now Kachuk has got to step. Kachuk, he's going in
0: alone on Anderson. Especially caught bothering him. Anderson with a save. But still loose and we'll get a whistle. Oh, that was a dangerous chance there for Kachuk. Stutzler with a follow-up, but Anderson keeps it out. How did he
1: keep this out with his right toe? It was a great save by Anderson. I don't think as good a save as the one on the law firm of James James Sokolov, But uh, this was a situation where you've got uh, the Hurricanes pushing to try to get the goal. I think Ajo, Svechnikov, I don't f- remember the defenseman on the ice at the time. Uh, but they're all caught deep, almost behind the goal line. And Kachuk and company break out. It's, it, it starts 3-0. on zero. But Andre hustled his bunnies back uh, and managed to make it difficult enough on Kachuk that Anderson was able to make a, go- a really good save. Uh, and then strong enough to keep the puck out because he could have very easily been knocked back into the goal because of the momentum of the play, uh, and the puck trickles across the goal line and you lose. But uh, it ends up in a shootout. Uh, first two people miss. Uh, you know Trocek was the first shooter for Carolina. Uh, he, he went second. The first shooter for uh, Ottawa was Tyler Ennis. Tyler Ennis did like uh, 15 deeks uh, that was it. He couldn't score, and I know Ennis and uh, Freddie Anderson are uh, quite tight friends. And Ennis and Anderson said something to Ennis afterwards. Then Trocheck almost looked like he gave up. Just shot it right at uh, Matt Murray. Uh, Stutzler was denied by Anderson, and then Andre Svechnikov had a chance to give Carolina a shootout lead.
0: Here comes Andre
1: Svechnikov. With a chance to put the Canes in the lead here in the shootout. Svechnikov and Murray
0: scores blocker's side,
1: Svechnikov with the magic. That was magic, and then it was up to Brady Kachuk to try to keep this thing going. Now it is the captain for the Senators, Brady Kachuk, with speed in
0: on Anderson, and Anderson closes the door, and the extra point will go to the Carolina Hurricanes, as Frederick Anderson stops all three Senators in the shootout. Anderson with a magnificent game, the Can- with their 29th win of this season showing some backbone and come up with a big win in the shootout.
1: yeah I mean uh with you know five minutes left nobody thought the hurricanes were gonna get a point out of this they ended up with two uh So that's a kind of a game they needed. Uh, it's kind of a win they needed you, you can't be leaving points out there like even though you know taken individually, the loss of the devils no big deal. The loss of the Blue Jackets at home, no big deal. Individually, those things don't matter. But if you lose a seventh game to a sub five hundred team, these are points you have left on the table, and they're not even getting anything out of those games. They're not even stealing a point out of them, and that's that's the difference between maybe having home ice advantage in the you know second round of the playoffs uh, and not. And for a lot of reasons, you want that home ice edge. Um, I mean, it's also revenue for the franchise. And uh, everybody likes money. All right, so uh, Hurricanes pick up a win in a shootout. Andrei Svechnikov doesn't get credit for extending his point streak. My three stars, if you are scoring at home. Third star, uh, Yasperi Kotkaniemi, who I thought, even though he played just 12 minutes, I thought he had a big game. Uh, he had a bunch of scoring chances. Nito Niederreiter, to me, was the best skater on the ice. Uh, Nito gets my second star. He was dynamite again. Uh, he had his 13th goal of the season. I love the fact that Derek Stepon uh, scored for the sixth time because, you know, we're, uh, Alec and I are both team Stepan. And uh, Freddie Anderson gets the first star. He, he probably worked harder than uh, he probably should have, but uh, 37 saves for Anderson on 39 shots. So uh, big effort from the All-Star. Uh, uh, hurricanes will come home against the Devils on Saturday. I assume we'll see Anderson there, and then I assume we'll see Ronta on Sunday against the Sharks, although could be flipped. We could see Ronta against the Devils on Saturday and then Anderson on Sunday against the San Jose Sharks. These are two teams that have beaten Carolina. Devils beat him obviously, last week. Up uh, with Jack Lafontaine and net, and the Sharks won in a uh, in overtime in San Jose on that California swing. Uh, it seems like forever ago. All right, a little bit less about the game tonight. Although the Hurricanes did make it interesting against another team sub five hundred. Before we get to the trade deadline and potential moves for the Hurricanes. Let me welcome in Dave Panyota from the fourth period, the man behind all of it. Uh, I appreciate your time. Uh, this is the fun time of the year for, uh, well, it's always a fun time of year because hockey is awesome, but uh, for what you do and all the the insider information you've got, uh, this is the really juicy time of the year. But real quick, what do you make of a, a Hurricanes team uh, that, you know, according to uh, wins and losses, dominates good teams? Uh, but struggles with teams that are sub 500 get dragged to a shootout by Ottawa. Carolina is now 13 and six against teams under 500 this year.
2: It's yeah, it's funny. I was, <laughs> I was watching the second half of the third period, just sitting there waiting going, okay, when are they going <laughs> to, when are they going to get going here? Is this, is this happening yeah. anytime soon? And then eventually they ended up tying it. But um it's, it's almost taking these teams for granted. It's, it's taking your foot off the gas a little bit and saying, ah, this team is one of the bottom feeders in the East. I guess we don't have to play as, uh, as, as aggressively or as dangerously as we would, if we're playing Tampa or, or Vegas or somebody else. So I, I don't know. It's just that it's an odd, weird mentality. It goes, it creeps into your head. Um, and sometimes it's too late before you realize you got to get things going. Luckily, they were able to at least come away with two against Ottawa in the shootout, but um, it, it, you got to get to a point where it doesn't come to that. I, I, that's part of the learning process. And uh, I think Roddy's going to kind of beat it into them to make sure that they still do that again, at least against Ottawa coming up.
1: Uh yeah uh look Ottawa's been a problem. Carolina goes to Ottawa after the All Star break, like a week after the All Star break, to finish off the series, yep. season series with the Senators. But uh, these teams have been there when they're fast, like Ottawa is, and like the Devils have some speed and some skill. You know, if you're not really on top of it, it's you're 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 chasing them all night long. Uh, and I think that's really right. what after the first period, I thought Carolina was sort of behind the play. But uh, look, uh, Nino Niederreiter has been awesome uh for this team he has played three or four really really strong games in a row uh he is really lobbying for another contract here in carolina i don't know what's going to happen uh but we'll talk about a lot of these things because all these things kind of play into it uh dave Panyota from the fourth period all right i was i was looking at your top 30 uh trade targets at the fourth period.com and it seems like they're all defensemen at least at the top Um, And if I look at what Carolina needs more than anything, they're fourth in the league in scoring, and I know they're first in terms of goals allowed. Uh, But if I had my wish list for this team, it would be another defenseman that can play in their top four. uh, Just to give you some uh, insurance, just in case Tony D'Angelo's defensive game slips a little bit. He's been a little shaky the last Couple of games, if we're being honest, and also in the you know you know you get into overtime or double overtime, uh, and you you just want to lengthen everything out so you don't have an Ian Cole, Ethan Bear, or Brendan Smith uh, pairing on the third pair, and then you know uh, all of a sudden uh, you know Kucherov and Point and Palat are coming over the wall every time those guys take the ice. Right. So uh, from the, from from your perspective, what are the chances Carolina can land a top four D?
2: Well, they, there's a reason why, you know, they're they're always uh, creeping up. When, when we hear about teams looking at some of the top defensemen that are out there, there's a reason they're they're always in that mix. Because, I mean, first of all, Donnie Waddell and, and Tulski, they they like to do their due diligence. They want to make sure they got an understanding of, as you know, of, of the marketplace and, and and who's available and what other teams might be in the mix. Um, but I, I think that's an area that they also acknowledged that could use a boost going into the playoffs that's why we've heard them kind of linked uh, you know to guys like Schrott and Klingberg and and some of the other guys that are um, available out there checking in on Chikrin and 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 things of that nature so it it certainly it sounds like it's an area that they've acknowledged and recognized could use a bit of a boost Um, obviously you know losing Dougie Hamilton to New Jersey plays a factor in all of that but um, it certainly looks like that—that's something that they'd like to address. And and whether it's a guy on the right side uh, to to push D'Angelo down the lineup a little bit, or someone on the left side, you, and Cole can play both the right and left, um, even though he's left shot, he, he can he can mm-hmm. alternate. Yep. Um, I think that's an area that that they'd like to like to like to look at. It's really going to come down to price. And if you're looking at some of the top tier guys that are there, at least top-tier defenseman available, whether it is Sherrod or Klingberg or whomever, um, the first-round pick as part of a package or as part of a deal seems to be the initial asking price. And obviously, Carolina doesn't have their first in this coming draft, so if it's next year, do they have to supplement that by adding another piece? And is that something they'd even want to do? And if not, then maybe that's one of the reasons why they're linked to a guy like Chikrin, or at least kicking the tires. They may... Prefer to go after somebody with term uh, and try to do a different type of deal versus having to give up a first round pick that they don't have this July. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, well, the first round pick is yes, Perry Kotkinemi, which actually has kind well, of yeah. it's kind of worked out okay. Uh, you know, I know my conversations with the uh, with the people that uh, write checks over there, uh, they're very happy <laughs> with what they have seen from uh, Kotkinemi. In fact, they believe that. You know, although I'm I'm almost certain that nothing has been uh, really hammered out, but they believe that they have a you know a, a good chance to get get him on a long term deal at a very reasonable rate. My only worry about Kudanami is where does he ultimately fall on the center lineup? Is he a two? Because if he's a two, then you know something in the neighborhood of five million a year is not the worst thing in the world. Uh, but part of me thinks that he probably. Uh, feels like more more of a three. Like I don't know if he's an upgrade or even as good as when Vincent Trocek has been for them all year long. Uh, and that to me would be the worry. Yeah. Tro- Trocheck's not an older guy. What do you think?
2: Yeah, well, it is interesting if they do see him and, and want to solidify him and keep him at the center position. Um, then yeah, I mean it's it's a tricky it's a tricky subject when you get down to the negotiation side of things because. I mean, they're going to have that exact conversation. Is he a two? Is he a three? How, how are they going to view that? Um, and, and he has, a, he had a slow start, uh, to the year, but he's, he's gotten it going lately, as you said. And, and I think he's going to be a good player. Uh, I think he's, he's a legitimate and will be a legitimate and really good two C. but he's 21. Is he, he, I don't think he's there yet. And with the depth that Carolina has, as you mentioned, uh, that's going to affect – that's going to ultimately affect the price tag. Uh, and the way that they have things structured behind Ajo, uh, with, with Trocheck there, even though he's in USA, I mean, unless they view him and feel like, okay, he's starting to come into his own, he's starting to get his feet under him, he's getting more regular ice time, and we're going to give him even more responsibility because we feel he can get to that level, then you could say, okay, we're going to slot him into that too. And, and let him run with it with some of the other guys that, that we've got on this uh, on this group. But he's a good player, no question, um, and he's only going to get better. And I think the mishaps in Montreal not giving him consistent play that would help him along the way in terms of development, uh, I think that kind of stunted things a little bit. But it, it's nice to see, especially in the last 10, 15 games, him really starting to roll. Carolina.
1: Uh, and he's been great when he's uh, when he's played the middle. That kind of got him going. And actually what I've seen mm-hmm. from him on the wing, once he started to get comfortable with the team and everything else they were doing after playing center, he's actually been pretty good when they've moved him out to the wing. I am wondering if we're going to see at some point maybe him play with Ajo and Teravainen, moving Teravainen back to the, to the right side where he's more comfortable. Uh, although Ajo and Teravainen share a brain, so it doesn't make a difference where they're uh, – Where's which side Teravainen is playing? They just they work so well together. Jarvis has been good, but I think yeah. his game kind of fluctuates here and there, uh, and sometimes maybe a bigger body like Kotkaniemi might be better there. But uh, I'm not going to argue with what they, uh what they're sitting at now at 29. 29- uh nine and two. Uh Josh Manson at some point he was on the market last year, and then now Anaheim's in a playoff yeah. position, so he's probably not on the market this year. Uh, because every time I see the ducks, they're exciting as heck. So uh I can't imagine they're moving him. He's he probably would like to stay there unless he's not going to resign. Uh so uh if you want to throw Manson in there, although I, I know I don't I don't think I saw him on your list. Uh Klingberg, Chikrin. I saw yep. Mark Giordano, but uh, the chances that Ron Francis would deal with the Carolina Hurricanes are uh, as good as them signing me to uh, to a multi year contract. That's just never going to yeah. happen. Uh, what What would the price tag be on Klingberg?
2: Klingberg, um, by the sounds of things, it's, it's a first round pick and, and another serious asset. Um, seems to be Seems to be the asking price. Uh, now Dallas is still in the full mix in terms of the Western conference playoff race. Uh, and they're going to be, at least it looks like, and they probably should be going right through, to the trade, uh, deadline. So I don't, I don't think they're going to look at other pieces that are pending UFA. This is a different scenario. Um, and it it just seems abundantly clear that a deal is going to happen at some point uh, in terms of moving him out. Uh, so if they do move him out, there's a few things that, that are going to be considered here. Are they going to retain any money on his deal? It doesn't have a big cap hit for what he no. brings to the table. But it, it, it's going to help a team like Carolina, for example, by reducing his his four and a half or, or whatever it is cap hit, it um, certainly would. So that would affect the price as well. So I, I think it starts with the first round pick or the equivalent in terms of a, a prospect that's right there or has been a first round pick and is right there to make the jump. Uh, and then another asset, be it a young defenseman or somebody to kind of supplement um, what they're losing in or would be losing in Dallas. Uh, it, it's really going to vary. Um, and I haven't really heard that it's like, for for example, Sherrod, it starts with a first round pick and goes from there Right for this particular player it's a first or the equivalent of a first plus another significant asset that would have to be uh, going back the other way. It seems like Dallas is a little bit more flexible in what the actual return is. Um, But in terms of comparables, you're looking at either a first round pick or the equivalent to one plus another, pretty good asset that would be included as, as part of a package.
1: Yeah, I know, it, it sounds also like the Hurricanes are going to have to launder the money through another team as well. Uh, they're going to have yes. very, very limited uh, salary cap space. I mean, they'll have a little bit, but uh, adding a $4 million player would probably take uh, some money going the other way. Like, I mean, Ethan bear has been fine, but... Uh, with them signing Jalen Chatfield to a two-year deal, I wonder if they're not have already in their minds moved on from Ethan Bear, but uh, have considered using him as a piece to get something else, get something that they, uh, are you know, can rely on a little bit, you know, easier uh, for the playoffs. And if that's the case, then you get uh, maybe uh, Dallas retains a little bit of money, and you get a third team in, uh, and you can easily fit that in. I don't know what that uh, if that works at, uh, at all, but. Uh, it's one of the things There's, I think you, they will consider.
2: Yeah, and you know what? There are teams out there that have made it known that they're willing to take on money. Uh, now, every team can do it on a max of three players uh, per season, but there are teams that have made it known that if you need help, we're out of it, So, and we've got cap space and we've got right. flexibility. If you're going to incentivize right. us, then we're willing to explore the possibility of eating some money. Um, to Quimberg at 425 million of a cap hit, even if that's cut in half, that would still be pretty, pretty tight for, yeah. for a team like Caroline, and obviously specifically the Kings to, to make it work. So you're probably going to have to get a third party in there um, anyway. And there are options available. Uh, there are teams that are willing to do that. Montreal, going back to Sherrod as an option, um, they're willing to retain on some of their assets, and they may even be willing to retain in a different type of scenario here by helping out another club. Like the Hurricanes, uh, it'd be interesting to see them work that out with the Hurricanes. But Bergevin's not there anymore, <laughs> right. uh, so maybe things have changed.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, now that Mark Bergevin is gone, uh, that maybe the Hurricanes and Montreal can continue to work together. Uh, it has not been a great relationship at this point, but uh, it look if it if it helps the Canadians to get uh, a third round pick, just to you know to take a million dollars in uh, right. in a cap hit. I mean, you'd, you'd certainly do that. Maybe, if I don't know if you'd do it for a third-round pick, but maybe they would. Uh, would Sherrod fit uh, what, uh, what, I, I kind of think he would fit what Carolina uh, wants to do because Cole can play yeah. both sides.
2: And, and so can he. Um, right. he's, he's done it before. And, and this is a player, a lot of teams, uh, look, you look at Montreal's roster and you pick anybody and this season's a write-off um, because of right. how they've been performing but a lot of teams look at Ventura and look at what he's accomplished the last couple of seasons in extra, in the extra games in playoff time. And he's, he's had a lot of games and he's got a lot of them in the last couple of seasons um, with the Montreal Canadiens, that team's value because they know that when you've got a player with that much experience, that much recent experience, um, they're going to be able to kind of assist the rest of the group along the way. Um, Especially when you're talking about a player that made a Stanley cup appearance. So, uh, there, there are teams that are interested and value that. And for a team like, again, like Montreal, this is a lower cap hit than than Klingberg. It's a different type of yeah. player, first of all. Um, but a $3.5 million cap hit at half of that, one seven five, that's a little bit more appetizing for a team like Carolina that doesn't have that much cap space to work with.
1: Yeah, there's, there's no question. Um, and again, I think they're, Carolina's probably looking for uh, insurance more than they are looking for somebody who can clearly eat up minutes. Uh, they have been very happy with what Tony D'Angelo has done. Uh, I think mm-hmm. I think they are more surprised at his defensive tenacity than they thought than they saw really playing against him uh, for the last couple of years. He's really been is is it's been eye opening, uh, and everything they do is going to have an eye on what will it take to keep him. Uh, within reason, I mean, I don't think Carolina is going to go to like 7 million for a Tony D'Angelo, uh, but the offensive numbers right. he's putting up this year puts him in that category. Actually, probably puts him higher in, than in that category, uh, probably puts him in a Tory Krug, maybe even a little bit more than that, uh, what Krug got from St. Louis. But who knows if there's going to be uh, a thank you uh, from D'Angelo to Carolina for re- and, and for pairing <laughs> him with Jacob Slavin all year uh, for resurrecting his career. Uh, is, is a guy like, is a guy like Justin Braun, somebody that can play <laughs> 17 or 18 minutes? I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's been playing with was, such a bad team.
2: Yeah. I, I, I was literally just about to bring him up. I even looked up his cap number to make sure it was under two. And it is, it's 1.8 million. Um, this is a guy that is, is that insurance type of defenseman that teams that contenders are looking at. Um, now that Philly has finally accepted the fact that they're going to have to retool right. in a little bit of time, but they got there. Um, wow uh, he's a player that, at thirty four years old, a veteran guy, he's, he's been around, he's a right shot, so he'll play the right side uh, and primarily plays the right side. but the 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 lower cap it and what he has been capable of of bringing to a team, if you're looking to really solidify your third pair or give yourself that extra cushion, um, as a 6'7 guy down the stretch for a, a cup run, this is a player that a lot of those caliber teams are going to be looking at at bringing in. Again, low-cap hit, veteran presence, had a lot of playoff experience in his years in San Jose, um, and is, is a guy that helps, is that solidifier piece, that calming piece on that back end uh, from a veteran experience perspective that a lot of teams value. He's going to be a guy that he's not going to cost a lot, but he's going to be a guy that a lot of teams are looking at. And if, we're, if we are talking about that insurance policy piece, this is a guy that, that would certainly, I would imagine, be on Carolina's radar. Not necessarily plan A or plan B, mm. but a, a guy that they can slot in, know that they can really solidify that third pair and not have to worry. Because they've got either they push somebody out or they they have him that they can rotate in down the stretch. All
1: right, real quick, too. I got a couple more things before I let Dave Panyota to go. Uh, the Flyers have the I, I'm sure have a for sale sign out. Um, we, yes. we we don't know if Claude Giroux is going to waive. Uh, you know, be ex- accepting of a trade I, for his sake, man. Uh, That looks like a sinking ship. And I know he's been a Flyers basically his whole career. So uh, I I wish him well, but he's a guy who deserves to go play for a cup and they have been really, I can't believe how bad they are. It's, it's shocking to me. Uh, Are they going to be able to move a lot of pieces out or are there too many cap situations across the league that aren't good? uh, And they just might not have any landing spots.
2: Well, see, with them, this is one of the teams that has the ability to retain and, and retain on three guys. So, uh, you know, outside of Giroux, on expiring contracts, they've got Rasmus and they have Braun, they have Keith Yandel and Kevin and, and on defense. Martin Jones, $2 million goalie, they're probably not going to have to retain much, if anything, on him uh, for a team that's looking to bring in a, a, a decent backup that's having a, a bit of a rejuvenated season. Right. So, so, they don't have that many, um, you know, significant pieces from a rental perspective, but they do have some. And I, I think they'd, they'd like to bring back some assets after trading away a first round pick plus for Ristolainen and out of Buffalo. I think they'd like to retain if they awesome. could get a second round pick. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, if they could get a second round pick for him, that would be a win, I would imagine, for that group. Um, and then, again, then it's. Then it's Justin Braun. You're probably looking at in and around a third round pick uh, there. And the the rest of their pieces that they have uh, have term on their deal. But Travis Konechny is a guy that I'm really interested to see what happens with him uh, because he's a player that they tried to package for a legitimate upgrade up front. Um, uh, 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 They they were apparently close to a deal for a first line player um, right before the season started. didn't work out. But if they can look to do something like that again, Uh, You could probably start to hear his name popping up a little bit more, but in terms of rentals, they've got pieces, and they're one of the teams that has those three slots that they can retain money on, and if they can use that, and it helps them beneficially from a trade perspective get more assets back, it's something that they're going to
1: consider. Considering what Kevin Adams got for Rasmus Ristolainen, he should be executive of the year. uh, (laughs) Florida... To me Florida yep. is a defensive defenseman away from being the team to beat in the east because they score so many gosh darn goals. My gosh, what, yeah. what they are so <laughs> explosive, it's crazy. Um but to me their deep their their defensive core is more offensive than defensive. If they got a sh- like one shutdown guy. I think with mm-hmm. go, with the way Bob, Bobrovsky's playing, I don't know, the Florida's not the favorite to come out of the east. Um, I mean, are they going to be in on everybody?
2: Uh, yeah, they're another one of those teams that are, are just like uh, Carolina, just like Colorado. They're always checking in to see what's available and who else is in play. We're trying to find out anyway, who else is in play for some of the players that are available. Um, and you're right. defense is that's, that's the position that they want to have that extra cushion with, um, that they want to solidify and give themselves that insurance policy and it may be one of their internal guys that gets dropped down in the lineup, if they can bring in another top four guy, they really, really like Jacob Chikrin. It's a different type of trade because he has three more years left on his deal. Um, Arizona's made it clear that they like Anton Lundell. I don't know if that's going to really get there, but they, they, they that's the player that they really like, and they want him as a primary piece going back for Chickering. So if that's, If that's definitive, if they're not going to budge off that, it may take Florida out of that mix. But you're right. I I think that caliber player, while while he does have an offensive game to him, um, that physical presence is something that Florida would like. We talked about Manson earlier. If Anaheim decides that, A, they're not going to be able to sign him to an extension, so, B, we have to look at the marketplace, um I, I could see him being a target as well for the Florida Panthers.
1: I'm telling you, uh, not that uh Lundell is not a wonderful player. He is he is legitimately good. Uh offense <laughs> is something that they my gosh, they are scary. Right. Um I, I still think <laughs> when and Colorado could probably use another uh defensive minded guy as well, but um to me, Colorado's the best team in the league. Uh Florida's not that far behind him. I think carolina is probably just a tick behind Florida. Uh, but it's gonna be fun. Uh and one final thing for Dave Panyota from the fourth period. He's not on your list and he's no you don't have to trade for him. But how many teams are keeping an eye on what Eric Stahl is gonna do in the the Beijing Olympics?
2: Quite a few because that's that's the type of player and he showed Um, his presence with the Canadians down the stretch and into the Stanley Cup final, what he means to a bottom six and and what he means in terms of solidifying that center position uh, from lines one through four. And they're going to be keeping a a, a really good eye on him uh, to see how he performs at the Olympics, because this is a player that if, if you have that hole up the middle on your fourth line, specifically at this stage, and you have an opportunity to get this player for, just dollars yep. uh, and not have to trade them uh, or trade them with an asset to get them. Excuse me. Uh, yeah. That, that's the player that these, these teams that just have that, they just want that extra player that can bring in cup experience that can uh, bring in a, a, a recent run going back to last season with Montreal. Um, this is a guy that those, those types of teams are going to be looking at. And if they can really solidify that, that fourth line, uh, with that type of a guy up the middle, there are going to be a lot of teams that are going to be knocking on his door. and They're going to be keeping tabs, like you said, on, on how he performs in Beijing.
1: I mean, I, I just wonder if he can play the wing, too. I mean, Carolina has no need for a center. Right now they're playing Derek Stepon, uh, who had been fourth-line center all year. They're playing him on the right side of the fourth line. So they got all the centers they want. Uh, but, man, if Eric mm-hmm. Stahl could play some time on the wing, Carolina could certainly... Uh, uh, figure out a way to put number number twelve back on the ice, and uh, nostal- for nostalgic reasons, it might be pretty interesting to see Carolina with a cup run uh, <laughs> and another stall in the lineup. Man, go out and get Mark Stahl, too. How come Mark Stahl's is not on your list?
2: Well, <laughs> uh, the list will grow. <laughs> the, the list will grow as we get closer to the closer to the deadline. But there are yeah, there are a lot of players that that are you are going to see them added. to with Mark Stahl at Nick Reddy yeah. Um, when Detroit kind of realizes what they're going to end up, uh, you know, end up doing, but, but you're right. I mean, there's there going to be teams that are going to be out there. I think with, with, with uh, Eric stall the fact that he basically played center the rest of the way with Montreal down their cup yeah. run, um, that obviously fell short. And the fact that he's more likely than not going to be playing center at, uh, for, uh, in Beijing for Canada, sure. um, you, you probably, yeah, you're probably looking at teams that say, look, he's, he's got that experience up the middle and he's still playing that position. Um, again, if we can get that kind of guy at, at nine, 10, 11 minutes a night, um, there, there's a lot of value in that. And I look at teams like the Rangers. I look at even the Tampa Bay lightning as, as a possibility that that may go that route. The, the bolts have found a way to make things work. And it, it's certainly appealing for a lot of players and, and, uh, we know that he wants to stay stateside. I don't think he's going to explore Toronto or, or uh, anybody up in uh, one of the Canadian teams. But uh, I think um, we're going to see teams, and you're going to hear teams like, like the Rangers and like Tampa and, and a few others that are going to be poking around
1: He's such a good dude. I hope uh, I hope he finds a spot and hope he makes a run. Uh, and heck, we'd love to, uh, I mean, even if he doesn't play with Carolina, I'd love to see him play against Carolina because he's a good dude. Uh, as you are, Dave Panyota at The Fourth Period on Twitter. I thank you very much. Uh, go check out The Fourth Period online, uh, the top 30 trade targets. They've got all sorts of stories. John Klingberg, everybody's on there. Uh, I thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. I kept you longer than I wanted to, uh, but you got a lot of good info.
2: I appreciate that. Thanks for having me. And um, yeah, the next what seven weeks, eight weeks, they're going to be exciting.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Dave. All right. So less about the game. Carolina got away with it. Win it three, two in a shootout. And that's okay. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. There's no place like it. Go check them out online, aluminumcompany.com. Free no obligation estimate. Am I running through this thing too fast? It's sort of like the uh, the fine print at the bottom of a uh, of a car deal. I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, siding, roofing, windows, entry doors, storm doors, gutter helmets, bay windows, bow windows—they've got it all. <laughs> Follow the Canes Corner podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can rate us and review it. You can uh, you can give us five stars. You give us what you feel like is uh, appropriate. I feel like if you're listening to it all the time, you probably like it. Uh, so if you can figure out a way to give us six stars, that'd be fine too. Uh, all right, we're here after every Hurricanes game. If you follow it, it shows up on your phone automatically. That's all you need to know for now. Carolina picks up a win, 3-2 in a shootout. They will come home to play the New Jersey Devils on Saturday, then the San Jose Sharks on Sunday. And then, because we've played too much hockey, obviously, lately, uh, we'll take a week off. Sebastian Ajo and Freddie Anderson will go to the All-Star game. Everybody else will find a beach somewhere if they can even get out of the country uh, with with a vaccine pass. I don't know. Uh, But thank you very much for spending some time with us in the Canes Corner Podcast, and we will see you after the Canes and the Devils on Saturday.
0: This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast
2: at WRALsportsband.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Your heart, it's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons,